So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This episode is all about 2007 Halloween Horror Nights Carnival of Carnage, or at least part one of that very lengthy discussion. I am Matt, and joining me as usual are my co-host Quint. Hello. And Karen. Hello. This is the big one. This is the one I have been talking about waiting to do since we started doing this show. This is... Basically, this is what I was doing as this show, before this show existed. So it's like when people... I was trying to convince people to go to Halloween Horror Nights that didn't have any idea what it was, and I would describe it. After having gone to this, since 2007, this is what was always in my head as... Uh, what I was what I was using as the explanation of this, of this event for me up until recent years up until really this new uh, would you say this resurgence of the icon this new icon era this was the pinnacle and in still a lot of ways is for my Halloween Horror Nights going and I have got a lot to talk about with this one well the the big thing that drew me to this year there's 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 a few things but really before this is the turning point this is really kind of my exiting out of the going to see the branded properties and really falling in love with the completely with the original IPs even though there's not that many this year but the whole carnival part of it is what did it and the big thing is if if you don't know and we're going to get into a lot more detail on it is because it is it features the three big icons of horror, of modern horror, especially back at, in that time frame, Leatherface, Freddy, and Jason. Yeah, I mean, this is really a star-studded um, yeah. event all around, even with the original stuff, because, you know, Jack's, Jack's your main icon, and then you've got all three of the other big big names in horror. So, yeah, it's it's huge event. Yes. Yeah, I could see those three being a draw. In themselves, if even if you didn't know who Jack was, or even cared who Jack was, just Freddie, Jason, and Leatherface would get a ton of people to come check it out. Yeah, the the second part of drawing me in is the fact that Jack is hosting it, and it's now even though ten was a Jack event and eleven Jack was brought back in, and we saw Jack again in sixteen. This is this is really this to me is more of a spotlight on Jack than 10 was and probably not again until 25. So, and there's a reason to bring Jack into it. We'll get to it in a little bit. Um, I don't, I'm need to keep the opening statement a little short. I'm going to give everything away. Possibly. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Long story short, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so the, there's just the, the combination of the three horror icons. I, I really was, Dying to see what they did with those, including Jack, and just the theme of this. There was this was the year I had to see everything. Wouldn't be the first year I saw everything, but this was the year I was damned and determined to see everything. 
And leading up to just just when the advertising started, I knew I was going to have to see everything this year. Probably the the year that you finally got like the hooks sunk themselves as deep as they now are. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was always I had gone multiple up to this point. I've I had gone multiple nights before, just a few nights. But now I'm going like I had. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. This is this is the start of my uh, traditional hard Halloween hard nights going. I guess is a way to say that. Yeah. Uh, but okay, now that we just got why I want to talk about this so much, we haven't even gotten into apart from the year and the name anything else about this. So go ahead, Quint. So you mentioned the the year is two thousand seven. Um, the event name is Halloween Horror Nights Carnival of Carnage. Um, one of the things that is interesting here is that again, no number. Uh, they skipped a number, I think, a couple of years. Then they used it in sixteen again, and this year nothing was seventeen or two thousand seven or anything like that. So skipping the number, but it's Carnival of Carnage and. It's kind of interesting with the event guides, which I'm going to get into in a little bit. The catchphrase is choose thy fear, which kind of weird, but I guess it sort of makes sense. And I think part of part of what that is, is that I think you're going to get into that. So I'm going to skip it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the location is Universal Studios. I don't think we ever go back to uh, Islands of Adventure from here. Um, yeah. Icons. Right. Right. Yeah. Icons. Icons are Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, and Jack. Jack. Uh, yep. I think, I mean, to me, the icon is Jack. That's, I agree. I mean, there is, yeah. it, it all depends on, it's a, I, probably a matter of, well, I was going to say semantics. It might not be the word. It's just a matter of opinion or uh, what's the, what's the Obi-Wan uh, phrase matter of, uh, from your certain point of view. But to me, yeah. for me, it's Jack. Jack is the icon. Right. I, I think, uh, to me, I don't think, um, uh, what, what do we call it? Uh, the, the the IPs that they use can be really considered icons, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, like I, adapted I, IPs, I guess. Yeah, again, yeah. I get you, if you want, again, if you want, it's a, another point of view argument because Crypt Keeper was like the first original icon, and he was a branded IP. But again, yeah. we we moved. That was like the last time they used that five, and we're up to seventeen. So so many things have changed. So I, I I'm not arguing with you. I'm just putting out. Uh, no, but uh, you make other good, opinions. Yeah, you make a good point, and and I guess to to me this is just especially when you look at the modern modern era right now, where they've got so many branded IPs and they're doing a whole bunch of that stuff. Like this year, I would never consider, um, you know, Leatherface as part of the uh, as one of the icons. Yeah, right. this year. True, right? Right. it's yep. just chance, right? Uh, so that's kind of what I'm getting at when I say Jack's the icon. Right. Yep, I, I think agree. It's, it shows part of the evolution of the whole. Um, Halloween Horror Nights, whereas in five they were using a branded icon, and now they've gotten to the point where they don't need to anymore. True, that's they a great have their point. own icons, and they can use iconic characters to bring people in. But they now have gotten to the point where, okay, we have Jack, we have Chance, we have um, the storyteller, we have all these other icons that we can pull from and just keep using. We don't need to use a branded image anymore that's a great point fantastic point yeah 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 i mean they had to shell out i don't who knows what amount of money to actually use the likeness of the crypt keeper and now they're to the point where they're creating things that is i'm not gonna say it's cost less because they have they use it in advertising and they may even do in fact i'm sure they do some kind of carpet and trademarking on their their end but it's guaranteed a hell of a lot less expensive than licensing something yeah you know, probably a whole, I mean, there's a whole lot less paperwork involved. Yeah, true, anyway. yeah, right, yeah. A lot more freedom, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you and, sign these contracts and, with these branded and it's like, you can do this, you can't do that type of deal. Whereas it's like, yeah. okay, what, what, <laughs> how far do we want to push this character is really our only limit. Right. What and is so. our actor willing to do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part of all this is that it means that the blood sucking lawyers get less money. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's really, that everybody wins for, um, that's not a lawyer in this case. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so dates, uh, September 28th and 29th, October 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, October 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 18th through the 21st, 24th through the 28th, the 31st, the 1st through the 3rd. So yeah. that's, a, that's a weird, well, that must have been, Halloween must have been like a Thursday or something. Gotta be, yeah. Yeah, so they, they played it Halloween, then they did the Friday, Saturday, Sunday run or whatever. Yep. Um, hours, same thing, 6.30 through 12 a.m., 6.30 through 2 a.m. on peak nights. Um, admission is up, uh, I think, $5. Yeah, exactly 5 bucks to sixty-four ninety-five. Move that decimal point, like, one, yeah. one, <laughs> one bit to the right, and that's, like, right. almost what I spent. That probably yeah. is about what I spent on my Ultimate Fear Pass with taxes and all that crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that scary? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Worth it. Oh, I'm yeah. not, I didn't, I, there was no disappointment or, or, uh, regret in my voice when I said that. Trust me. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I'm just commenting on how times have changed. That's all. Yep. So we have, uh, two different event covers as, as usual. We usually have more than one anyway. Um, the first one I wanted to talk about is, uh, it's, it says Halloween Horror Nights across the top. It's got, uh, uh, Freddy right up front and center with the glove. Jason standing ominously behind him with the machete and then Leatherface and his trademark chainsaw standing right behind Jason, all kind of in a, in a row there. And it's just basically, they're just exuding their normal menace. They don't have to do anything to be frightening. They are, they just are frightening. Um, I like it. It's very, it's classic, right? What I actually love about this most is, is the Halloween Horror Nights carnival stage entrance behind them i mean i like yeah. their i'm not uh, their picture yes but on but it, what i think enhances it is the very i mean you get this and the, the blur of a ferris wheel in the background i, I like yeah. i love the the melding of the putting the carnival theme right up in front instead of just using their images which they could have done because again we say this so many times nine Nine out of ten people that are coming in there are grabbing it to find where something is. They're not taking it in like the the big Har- Halloween Horror Night fans are like we are. But the fact that they went out of their way to put this on there is something that I absolutely I, I love that picture. I love both for two different reasons, but this one I love because of the, the whole carnival thing behind them. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, both of them did did the blend very, very well. It's just, you know, one, this one, I think the carnival is sort of in the background. It's, it's, well, it's literally in the background, but it's also in kind of in the background. You, you really have to look for the details to realize that, oh yeah, that there, there is a carnival theme through this one. Whereas the next one that we want to talk about is the carnival is front and center. I mean, it's, it's an evil fucking clown, Jack, (laughs) your favorite. Right. And, and it's the same background, uh, the tent background, but you know, it's, it's obviously, um, even the cards that he's holding are all very carnival, old style carnival style, right? They're so tarot the, card themed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the 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 now it's like everything front and center is the carnival, and the details are Leatherface, Jason, and Freddy that are on the cards. Right, right, right. So it's just like 
they've just flipped everything on its set. And I, I think it works really, really well. Both sides. Yeah. I like this one because of the, I probably because of the icon, this is more of a Halloween horror nights. This is kind of what Karen was talking to. This is, this is a Halloween horror nights cover guide with the uh, main attractions, also featured, but it's but this yeah. is more hollow, all, more about Halloween Horror Nights than than those than the I don't want to say the icons than the uh, uh, the the headliners. Let's call them that for just lack of a better term during this episode. Than the head so this, to me is more Halloween Horror Nights themed with the headliners also mm-hmm. prominently featured. Yeah, and I I think this is I like this one better just because the cards are really cool. Yeah, yep. <laughs> like the, they did the cards really really well. Um, it's. You know, you, the, when you have something that small on a, uh, you know, and this is just a pamphlet, right? It, when you have something right, that small yeah, on a yeah. pamphlet and you can do enough details and enough, enough, make those, those drawings so well that it, you're instantly recognizing them. It's yeah, it's a job well done. Yep. They wouldn't need the names on them. True. Right. Yeah. That's, that is true. I mean, the fact that the names are on them. I love the font. I love, I love everything about them, but they wouldn't even be Nate. Uh, wouldn't have even needed the names. Right. Yep. So event maps, the event map is very similar to last year. Uh, the fonts are a little different. Um, you don't have that, that DVD style that we had, but uh, the map looks a lot the same. Obviously, Freddy, uh, Leatherface, and um, Jason are all uh, on the map. Um, anything else on the big map that I wanted to bring up? Let me check my notes here. Nope. Everything... Yeah, that's about it. Yep. And they are, uh, the only other thing that I had was they're actually advertising the, the uh, City Walk party spot now. Yes, that is true. That is true. I think that wraps up all of the event details. All right. Okay. So now um, I had mentioned I had gone multiple nights before. I did want to tell this story quick because you both know this guy. Um, did go to, on employee preview and I went with Greg. <laughs> from almost viral if you are if you listen to a subscriber to all the to the news as main feed and you hear the show almost viral it is my co-host greg he's now moved to uh, the chicago area but he used to live here in orlando and uh his girlfriend at the time was also working at universal studios now the um problem not problem with going with greg but the problem with him having dated someone she was a little uh Flighty. <laughs> I was gonna say another <laughs> word, but let's not be too mean. You know, Greg's girlfriends is another podcast all on its own. <laughs> Maybe yeah. <laughs> she was a little flighty. Didn't really think ahead. A little, I wouldn't say irresponsible is as, as a general term, but sometimes yes, yes. She made no had no thought at all ahead of time no forethought on how to get him into the park because she was also working halloween hard nights and she was working at like the farthest place from the front gate you could possibly get <laughs> her shift starts like hours before we could even get in and so here's greg with no she invites him gets him to go he decides to go you know with me and my wife and we get there he has no ticket and she can't leave what she's doing because she's working to get him the ticket so my wife being the Nice person she is. Goes all the way. Like, again, you can't get farther from the gate than she was. All the way there. Gets, picks up his ticket. Comes all the way back. Gives him his ticket. Then we go in. And we, by now, employee preview, you two have never been there. It's There's almost no busier night than employee preview. 
Okay. And it's it's like the 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 worst peak nights we've gone and then some. So we 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 had missed maybe a third of the night already in all this. Oh. So we tromp right off to Bill and Ted. We see Bill and Ted, which was good um, that we got that in. Then we went to a house, and I think it was the Freddy house, because that was the one I wanted to see first, uh, or wanted to see most. And by then, it was the night was wrapping up. We really only had time for like to do one more thing, and we kind of just like gave up, because there was no Express Pass, no none of that for employee preview night um, at the time, and we just gave up. So that was the turning point where I said, okay, um, <laughs> there's no way I'm not going to go see this and the multiple night which i had done before by happenstance now was a conscious <laughs> i have to go mainly because of greg's girlfriend is what i'm trying to say <laughs> so well, it's kind of a thank you i guess i could thank her for that but yeah i'm not sure <laughs> uh, like i said greg's girlfriend is a podcast <laughs> I was going to say, it has a built-in audience if they're them themselves are going to listen. <laughs> There's already some good numbers there. Wow. Oh. I don't know if Greg listens to this. If he does, he's laughing right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I haven't actually met Greg. I've that's only true. heard about him. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I've listened Karen to a lot has. of his podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, heard, I, I've heard a lot about him, and I've seen him on video. And yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a really interesting guy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, played Karen's boyfriend in a short film we did. Oh no, a short series we did. Yeah, many years ago. So I could be on that podcast. You could. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so played Karen's boyfriend in which one? Uh, fan film. Fan film. At the end. Oh yeah! After she oh, yeah. beat the crap out of him in the woods. Yeah, that, that, that's the part I remember. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now the history of this particular event, or at least the leading up to it, this is this goes. Uh, how this even came together well first off i guess i should say for anyone that doesn't know and maybe you guys don't know the first thing to point out is the texas chainsaw massacre is the 2003 remake of texas chainsaw massacre it's not the 1974 not the one we're gonna see this year Uh, and i actually had to look up because i couldn't remember it's like this is this the one with matthew mcconaughey and uh what's her name uh Zellweger. It's not. That was actually called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Next Generation. Like that's yeah. actually seriously the name. Yeah. What? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I I didn't know that existed, and now I need a shower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was the one with uh, Jessica Biel, actually. So it does have someone someone fa- somewhat famous in it. And uh, our uh, what's his name? Arlie Arlie Emery Rem- Emery, the guy, the drill sergeant from um, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's that's good casting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I have his name written down here. Uh, I, I do. We'll get to it later. Um, I think I messed up his name there. But uh, when you say the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, just about everybody knows who you're talking about. So uh, with this new release, this is actually, I don't want to get into the whole movie history, but New Line Cinema has Texas Chainsaw Massacre at this point. They had picked up the rights after the whole uh, uh, rhinestone distribution the movie company went out of business that whole mafia thing that there's there's a great documentary called i think the real massacre texas making a texas chainsaw massacre (laughs) that tells a great story about that um but they have added now leatherface to their catalog of characters of which they already had started with freddie from their nightmare on elm street series back in the 80s yeah right in the early 90s they had uh sold 
or bought, I should say, I take that back. In in the early nineties, they had bought Jason from Paramount Pictures, which I didn't. I never knew who owned the J ever ever owned the Jason property. So it was interesting to find out that Paramount had, and they sold it to New Line. So now New New Line has the big three all in one place, which is great when you want to work with somebody for an event like this. You just need to yeah. go to one company. Yeah. So. Obviously, Halloween Horror Nights reached out to New Line Cinema, made this deal with them, and they brokered a deal to feature all three of these characters in Halloween Horror Nights. But there was one huge caveat to this, which is kind of interesting. Apart from any marketing and advertising, these characters couldn't be used together anywhere. So they couldn't do any kind of joint houses. They couldn't do any kind of stage show, but they could be used individually however they were going to use. I was going to say however they want, but I'm sure there's limitations to that, but however they're going to use them. And of course, since they have the rights, they're going to use them for a maze. They're not going to waste uh, just on a scare zone necessarily. That's that's an interesting restriction. It is. It is. But it actually leads to, it's one of those things where it's like um, out of diversity comes greatness because... So you have these three great pieces of property. You want to do something with them. You want to tie them all together, but you can't. How on earth do you intertwine these three? Well, luckily, Halloween Horror Nights had a perfect character to do this, a Jack the Clown. And with Jack the Clown being established as kind of a supernatural character, they were able to create this carnival of carnage and use Jack to... Uh, I don't want to say to an extent to uh, or use Jack to draw in all these these characters. So they built this storyline of how Jack wanted to enact his revenge against Doctor Oddfellow's Carnival of Thrills, which is something we talked about in our Jack the Clown episode. And this is kind of the genesis of that story. By doing that, he was building his own supernatural carnival and was able to rip out these different horror people from their realms as it were i mean freddy's in a dream world jason is his own we know almost i don't even know what what you would classify him as supernatural character really i guess uh leatherface is the only person who's human i'm using with air quotes but with jack's supernatural abilities and um his this whole revenge and bloodthirst on his mind picks them out of their realms and into this into his world, which he's building the Carnival of Carnage around. I don't know if I'm doing the story justice or painting the right picture. I hope I am, but I love this idea. No, yeah, it's very it cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just being able to bring or, or being able to tie all of these things together without actually having them interact is yeah. pretty much masterful storytelling, I think. Yeah, it's the yeah. the... If you're looking at it from like a the a theme perspective, Jack is the ringmaster. Each maze is a show or some kind of sideshow you like like you'd have in a carnival, and he's pulling out like the worst possible things in every realm that he can put into him. He's bringing Freddy in from the dream world. He's bringing Jason in from his supernatural world. He's bringing well Leatherface in from the real world. I mean, it's a, it's just a brilliant. Uh, the fact that they put the limitation on them really led to I thought a brilliant idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows what they would have done with this if they couldn't have done, if they would have been able to do like a Freddy versus Jason and then a and then an all three character thing. They might not even have the carnival theme. May have just been Halloween Horror Night seventeen. Yeah, yeah, which probably would have been just as fun. But this is just this is really really interesting stuff where they can bring everything together. Yep, and they were able to 
without retconning, and I was going to say without really retconning, without retconning at all, uh, they were able to tell Jack's story, continue Jack's story with this. I mean, we 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 learned it again. This is it's going to be much more detail in the the Jack the Clown special we did. If you don't know the story, but I'll, I'll recap. So it's like you have Jack Jack being murdered by Doctor Oddfellow. Jack coming back to life when the box was found for ten. Uh, Jack being not put back in his box during this time period when we get to 16, but he's uh, institutionalized in a psych award in the psych award. He finds out where that Dr. Oddfellow is, is still alive and has his carnival. And then we take the time between 16 and 17 for Jack to have all planned this. So it's like, not only is it a great storyline for the, for the event, but it's a great storyline for their best and probably most popular character. It's like this all seemed to really fall into place with, with this limitation they had by not using the three branded characters together. Yeah. I yeah. think so. so. It worked to their benefit it, as opposed to limiting them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of, a lot of the other mazes fall into the, into place as well. I mean, there's only really yeah. one that, that doesn't fit the whole theme and even it could be, could be construed to fit the whole thing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yep. Okay, so that is really the that is the short short story of the of my notes for the for the backstory. So um, again, most of it was told in Jack the Clown the the Jack the Clown episodes. So I didn't want to totally rehash there, but I did kind of want to set the stage for what again, and and we did this in the other episodes. Set the stage of what the hardcore Halloween Horror Nights fan had in mind as he walked in the gate, and that was what I had gone in with after I was done being steaming mad at Greg's girlfriend <laughs> for making me wait so long. <laughs> okay. So now that we have the story set, we have Jack as the ringmaster of this carnival about to enter. We have an opening ceremony and it takes place on a stage that has like a tent over, like a, like a, a tent, uh, uh like, like you're entering a, a carnival tent and up on the stage are three panels that say, uh, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. I think they're black with just a white typeface that they've been using for maybe since not not quite the beginning, but very close to the beginning. Uh, I think everyone's seen this logo. And to start the show, a little little person comes out on stage, and he's the barker of the uh, uh, of the carnival. And he starts telling us about how the Ringmaster Jack has transformed Halloween Horror Nights to the midway of the bazaar. Starts talking about the thrills and scares and demented this that and the other thing we're about to see and he gets to the end of his pitch and he gets to the point where it's the time has arrived the show's ready to begin here is jack the clown and jack actually pops up from a set of doors that are in the stage floor so he pops up from below center stage so jack comes on stage and he says are you ready for the carnival of carnage and of course the crowd goes nuts and he's it says, are you ready for our main trio, uh, trio, our trio of main attractions? He says they never performed in front of a live or maybe even a living audience before. And before he can be, but before he can begin, he needs an assistant. And the little person brings up an unwilling assistant that they found earlier. Her name is Jill, and I think she was dressed in like a, a business suit or at least business clothes. Maybe suit might be a little more extreme than I'm remembering. But she was in in the other noticeable thing was she had um, some clown makeup on. Uh, it was very badly done. It was as uh, it was like psychotically done. I guess is a better way to say, it, which makes sense for the crew that we're what we're talking about. So now Jill is on stage. 
I think her hands are are tied in front of her. I think that's how she was led up. But she's she's standing on stage in front of that left panel. And Jack says, ladies and gentlemen, the first of our three-ring circus hails from Crystal Lake, Jason Voorhees. And that panel flips around, and there's an image of Jason. And it's a, it's a tarot card image, which is interesting because there seems to be a very strong tarot card theme that yeah. might not have panned out in the end and just went to Carnival. Because hmm. we have the tarot cards on the event guide. The tarot cards are what was the main commercial. It was, it was a guy going in to a... Uh, a, a, a tent at a carnival and you just see, see a hand slide cards in front of them and one is Jason, one is Freddie, one is is Leatherface and he says what's my future and then Jack comes out of the light slamming the table says you don't have one and if you recognize that line which you pro- just heard probably 10-15 minutes ago at the intro of the show, that's in the intro <laughs> of the show, that's from that commercial because again, my favorite year, that's how I wanted I want to you know kind of build build the anticipation of, of the the show with some of my favorite things and that was definitely one of them so there's a very i'm sorry that would make more sense with the catchphrase being choose thy fear yes exactly that was that was something i was thinking actually when quint said that earlier so there seems to have been a very strong tarot card theme that just didn't come to full realization or was changed after the marketing stuff was done that i can understand print commercials and all that is probably done even well that let me let me take that back. It, it, everything is done early for Halloween Horror Nights, but that stuff once it's yeah. printed and to press, you can't undo. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's kind of where I'm going with that. Yeah, it's a and I can see where there might have been a really really good idea going through the whole tarot thing, and then they just decided that that's kind of pigeonholing, and they it wasn't big enough. You know what I mean? It's, True, right. Yep. Whereas you can still fit it into a carnival because there's always the tarot readers at, at carnivals, right? Right, right, yeah. yeah. So I think it's one of those things where it sounded a whole lot bigger and better when they first started, and then it was like, oh, we can still use it all. It's just now part of a bigger thing. Yeah, it doesn't not fit the theme, so that's good. It's it's not like they decided uh, – <laughs> it's not like Tara Quintus versus the storyteller. Let's say that. Uh, right. Yeah. So <laughs> – so, okay, so Jill sees the picture of Jason and is startled back to the next panel. Uh, Jack s- continues in his announcements, and he says, uh, says, next up, having been burned alive by his par- by the parents of his victims, he's risen from the dead to enter your dreams. It's Freddy Krueger, and the middle panel turns around, and there's a picture of Freddy Krueger, and Jill is startled by that and moves towards the next one. And then, of course, the next one we see this is going, Jack says, last but certainly not least, our star has come to Orlando to look for some fresh new faces. Best line ever written for an epic <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> and the Leatherface panel turns around. So now we have our three headliners on their their images on stage. So, so the images are all on stage at the same time? Yes, the images are, but not the characters, not yet. Okay. This is where I think... They kind of pushed the envelope for the idea of not having them all together, but 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 did in a sense, sort of, but kind of, but not really. I th- I don't know that they really pushed the envelope on this. Maybe they got. I'm sure they got some kind of approval, but it, this is like the closest they got to not to not following that direct that caveat to not having them together. But but and I'll tell you why. Because here we go. Because Jack demands Jill to raise her hands and pose for a picture for the audience. As she does that, there's some flame shooting from the stage to kind of show that this is not quite done yet. And Jack actually says that by saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because now, after the after the flame shot off, the lights go out. And it's all dark except for a spotlight on Jill. 
and Jill starts just looking around nervously and whatnot. She's still by the leather face or the yeah the leather face panel. Chainsaw revs, rips through the panel, and Leatherface emerges from the, from behind that panel. Okay. Yep. So he he starts chasing her, but she runs ahead of him. So the spotlight is on her, and he's not lit up anymore. So she gets to the Jason panel, and right when she gets to the Jason panel, a machete comes through, and Jason breaks out. Right. Of course. So yeah. So now he is raises up and starts slow walking towards her, but she runs. So now she runs, and the spotlight's following her, and it's not on Jason or Leatherface, it's only on Jill, and now she's in front of the Freddy panel, and there's the one, two, Freddy's coming from your children's chant, and the clawed hand tears through and through the panel, and Freddy Krueger comes out, you know, with his uh, first, with his, his hand raised above his head to attack her, but he actually ends up putting his arms around Jill and dragging her through that panel. And with that, that's when Jack yells, like, he said, I couldn't have done that better myself. The Carnival of Carnage is open. And then that's that was the starting scare winning. And that is the, even though all three were in the same show, technically, <laughs> they, weren't, uh, they weren't together. You couldn't see them together at any one time. So I think this is the closest they came to pushing the envelope on that idea. That's, yeah, I mean, I can see where the spirit of it was... This, the spirit of the restriction was definitely adhered to. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably why the, I mean, and I'm sure they got permission to do it. And I'm sure that's why they got permission to do it is that the, the spirit of what that restriction was, was completely adhered to. It was like, no, you only see one of them at a time. And probably they've probably timed it well enough so that even if she's going back and forth like that and the, and the, 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 the light is following her, there probably is only one of them on stage at a time. There probably is. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, you're probably right. Yep. Right. Yep. So the, it's creative though. It's yeah. It's, very, it's very creative. The spotlight does two things. It, it one keeps them from being seen at the same time. And two gives them an exit because as soon as the spotlight's yeah. off them, they probably turn around and walk back where they came from, which doesn't look menacing. <laughs> you know, when you're chasing, yeah. and you decide to go, oh, I'm going to go back in my hole. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, and I mean, it, 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 the spotlight also keeps the the um, the crowd focused yeah. in the exact right place. Right. right. True. Yeah. True. True. So it does. Yeah, it does several things. Well, that is that is it. That is the opening ceremony. That's pretty cool. Yep. That's yeah. that's probably not the best one I think we've heard, but it's definitely a really fun one. Right. Yep. I, I think it's uh, the best one. The best ones to me are the ones that are really really gory and intense and don't have that that playful aspect to it. This one has definitely a playful. aspect. Yeah. I like that. They also, it's because I'm sure this is drawing a huge amount of people only because of those three characters, or maybe even one of those three characters. So it's also a good way to say, Hey, we're just not using these three characters in name. You know, we didn't just get the, 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 the rights to put their, put their name on a, on our, on our advertising mm-hmm. and put a crappy rubber mask on a guy in a house where we are, they are, part of this event and we're going to show you from the very get-go this you know they they are part of this of, of halloween harness this year so i think that yeah that was a good thing too yeah it's not just advertising folks we're yes, gonna exactly. use these people <laughs> yep. to fuck you <laughs> up you got it exactly exactly yeah. that's that's really cool yep. all right that really i guess that's it for i have for a preface and the opening ceremony now we can actually get into the <laughs> The episode into the well, I mean, this opening ceremony is part of the is part of the event. 
So did you see the opening ceremony? I did. Not that night. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> not not employee preview night. I heard it, but I did see it eventually. Yes. Okay. So I guess that leads us right in the, we'll go right into the mazes now for little, okay. at least part of them, because now we've already, we got half the episode or what our usual time run is. So let's, let's start with the houses and we'll probably break there and go on to part two. Well, this year they add a house. Mm-hmm. Um, the last few years there's been seven. This year there's eight. So I think at one point, I don't remember. I think we drop one for a little bit, then go back to eight. And then we don't see nine until 25. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this eight. is the most houses that they've had so far at this point. Yeah. yeah. Nice. First one up, Vampire Bloodbath. Yes. This See, and this was the one that I was thinking didn't really fit in. Right. Uh, yeah. I could see you saying. I wonder which one you were talking about, but you're you're right. Um, you know, all the rest of them kind of fit into Jack's sort of I'm bringing all of the worst. I, I guess yeah, a couple of vampires throw them in there with the rest of the monsters, but the yeah. the whole club aspect and all that stuff just didn't really fit in to me so vampire bloodbath well first off it's in Na- uh, nazarman's which is not you it's the area is there but it's not used for a maze anymore or at least right what, now where is that i can't even i will point i will point right at it when we go when you're here because okay. it says nazarman's yeah it's <laughs> it's um uh when you're walking along the uh the big body of water, the lagoon. When you're walking along the lagoon, uh, uh, if you're coming from Men in Black and you go past San Francisco, while you're walking, right before you get to uh, what's now Transformers, you walk past Nazerman's. Okay. Have you ever seen the actually seen the Blues Brothers show or see it while it's going on? Yeah, it's in that area that that oh, like okay. that roadway. That's Nazerman's, and the, in fact, right across from where the Blues Brothers are singing, the store says Nazerman's. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes, now you'll now you've probably never noticed it. Once you see it, you'll never not notice it ever again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things. It's like you know, it always seems it's well, it is a facade. It's just always a facade until you tie a history to it. Now you can't help but notice it when you walk by it. It just seems like an odd place to have it. I guess because I don't notice well, it. Well, it's, it's it because it is, well, it is a facade because inside it is a, not, not, not a soundstage, but a open structure to do mazes. It, it, we talked about this years ago, not eight, well, we talked about it a year ago, but years ago. And as far as, as events, they poured a concrete slab behind there. So they had the foundation to build mazes back there behind that facade. Oh, they just don't use it. Right. Not right now, after. because now it's, yeah. yeah, now, because it's, it's, as far as queuing goes, it's kind of in an awkward spot. Yeah. And the queuing kind of would disrupt the flow of that they pretty much laid out now. Really starting with this with this event, I think, in my opinion. So it's I'm sure it's being used for something. I mean, no wasted space, especially with a operation that huge, but it's not yeah. used for mazes right now. Who knows? If they ever go to ten houses, they might open it up again. Who knows? Possibly. Yeah. So this is a continue. This is a, this is a continuation of the vampire or va- yeah vampire legacy. Um, at least, what I want to say, I'm not sure. How, it's a continuation of the story, or it's influenced by. I'm not sure what you would call it by the time I'm describing it, but it's 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 kind of a new generation. No, it's okay. Let me try it again. Let me try better describe okay. this. It is. It's a continuation of the. It, it's definitely. Vampire. Remember Castle Vampire, like the yeah. most highly regarded maze possibly of all time. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, it also brought in the Scare Zone Blood Masquerade from Halloween Horror Night 16. 
which right. might have not been the best idea. And I, I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying that it may have not, it may have badly influenced the vampire thing. It may, they may have wanted to do one or the other. I, I, mm. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure, but it's, uh, uh, the, how to say, well, well, let me, let me, you know what, before I even influence anything we're going to say, let me describe it and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. So we just talked about Nazermans. Um, they did, funny enough, using the Blues Brothers as an example, they use the Blues Brothers stage as kind of part of the queuing attraction. They had some um, some hot, barely dressed vampire dancers that would lure you into the maze. At least that was the idea, even though you were already in line for three hours. So there was no luring you. You were going in. But that was the that was the story they were telling. <laughs> so this was, uh, we'll just get right to it from my description. This had to have been the hothouse of the year. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. This must yeah. have been the hothouse. Yep. Um, very first room you entered, it, it set up the theme. It was There was a door bouncer there, uh, not greeting you, but staring you down. There's merchandise for, on display. There's glow and flashing stuff. It's basically like a, the rave supplies that you would buy before you go into the dance club. This is mm-hmm. almost all dance. The theme was dance club. There's more to it than that, but it was like all dance club. It's like they took that kind of blade room or inspired room from Castle mm-hmm. Vampire and went with that and threw in Blood Masquerade. Mm. Yeah, I think some fans of Castle Vampire, including myself, would have liked to seen another room taken and built upon. This mm-hmm. this was just yeah. yeah, not not the one I'd be waiting to see when I heard Vampire Castle Van or yeah, the spelling of Vampire. You think Castle Vampire? Expectations were much different than this. That might be a better way to say it. Um, from there we went into the dance floor, and there's like we have a. Design wise, we have a nice mix of like the classic wrought iron and stone with lights and fog and music. So good job of blending the gothic, the true gothic with the modern techno or, or rave scene at the time. If, was rave, raving a thing in 2007? I am the guy yeah. not to ask that question. So what you're really describing here is the, the maze that I've been through, Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> Sorry, you can't. <laughs> in a sense, yeah. Take the desert aspect out of it and put an old Gothic castle into it, and you're kind of right. Huh. Uh. Well, that was okay, though. I mean, it was a hot house. <laughs> yeah. and I, I was just kind of, yeah, there was no scares there, but the rest of it was damn. <laughs> damn. Which I can see if that's what you're expecting, but if you're right. going into yep. it thinking it's a continuation of... Yeah, a vampire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Of That's the best mazes ever. Yeah, and then you go in and get this. I can see how that yeah. would be. And that seems to be the major complaint. It's like, this yeah. is not what expectations were when we saw the name. But, mm. yeah, I mean, it just happens. I mean, not everything yeah. is going to meet everybody's expectations. We've had that conversation many times. Uh, but this still had some cool elements. The ceiling fans they used in the club had uh, over the lights. They had like these really light linens hanging on them, so they would. And the the fans were turning super slow, so they'd be swirling in the air and playing with the lights and casting really cool shadows. Very cool, some great lighting work. And of course, hey. the women uh, dancing on platforms, peeking in and out of curtains. We've seen that. Wow, that is so still <laughs> done. I just realized as you said that. Yeah, now that you put that in my head. Well, yeah. the chandeliers are okay and here's good. the here's the thing going back to when we've talked about expectations and things is like they do try things with stuff and in this case i think using the name is probably their downfall because people were expecting something different but it worked well enough that they did it again with again. a different yeah. facade right yes yeah yep so yeah um as far as uh, still in this in this dance area 
the dance part of the house, there's some chandeliers and there's body parts impaled on them, which is kind of neat. Or maybe at least parts, some maybe some full bodies are tor- or torsos. And there is a vampire up there in the sh- chandeliers, so you can't quite see him. So he's so every now and again he peeks out and takes a swipe at you. So it's a nice little scare from above rather than from the sides that you're used to. So that's that's another neat addition. And then, you know, when the vampire hunters come to burn things down, you've got an instant barbecue, too. <laughs> there you go, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why you stick them on the chandeliers, right? <laughs> so we leave the dance floor area, just the dancing area, period. And we get we start going down a hallway and we're headed towards a VIP room. And we hear lots of screams and pleads. And there is one door open in the VIP area. And there's like a little breakout scene. There's two leather-bound vampires. They're women. They have a male victim shackled to the either to a wall or some kind of like maybe it's the bed. But I remember being upright, and they're about to turn him into a vampire. It's not as VIP as I was thinking. <laughs> that, that the name conjures up, I should say. <laughs> so we go. I don't know. I mean, two hot women in leather. I might sign up for vampirism. Just yeah, right. <laughs> not, not knowing what I'm even saying. Right. Like yes, 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 yes. I, yeah, don't I'm, even. Don't even. Think about I'm saying no for anything, okay? <laughs> yeah, I've made worse decisions on dumber context. Exactly. So, <laughs> we get out of the VIP room area and we go into the kitchen. And in there, there's some vampires feeding on the peoples and parts, you name it. No salads, though, which is odd. Mm. I mean, you need your oh. roughage. Even though you're eating all that meat, you need something yeah. to push that out. You got something to break that up. That's right. Yep. But you every once in a while, <laughs> huh? Need your fiber. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, all that, all that, that protein. That's ugh. maybe they add in Beneful <laughs> yeah. and have an activity before bed. A little yeah. Metamucil in there, and you're all that shit mixes with everything. <laughs> no, as they feed, of course, they take your your their swipes at you, stare you down, threaten to make you the next meal. Yada yada yada. The, the usual character interaction, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bunch of bunch of hot women and buff dudes. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, probably. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually exit the building and enter an alley, and we're kind of we're done with the dance club part of it. And there's a little more to this particular maze's story. Um, this is this is an alley. This is just a plain old solid good and traditional scare air scare area i mean there's everything to hide behind there's vampires behind fences there's doors trash cans there's vampires that you see there's ones that you don't see and that's because the ones that you see are distracting you don't see this is a you know regular old tried and true room of scares so out of the alleyway we enter into another building and it's an abandoned hotel and in this hotel, there's a set of elevator doors that open and close, showing a young girl vampire feeding on a lamp. Okay. <laughs> Did you just blow a sinus on that one or something, Quinn? <laughs> I just sneezed. Oh, that was her. Oh, it's a carrot. Okay. <laughs> just sneezed. Sorry. That's all right. I, 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 thought turn away. Blowing, I thought you were blowing a gasket. I thought you were laughing at the poor lamb being fed on and trying not yeah, to say it aloud. I was I'm like, that sadistic. Well, that's why I said Quint. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I naturally thought that was Quint laughing at that. <laughs> no, that that's just kind of from everything else in this maze. It's just kind of bizarre. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. This is a weird one to go from a, a. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense in the end here. I'll, I'll wait to that. Um, so the, the, this actually door opening and closing is a distraction because there's another hidden door there, uh, a boo door, which another vampire pops out of, which is actually the big scare in this room. 
Okay. So from there, we go into kind of like this office area and into a lobby slash casino of this hotel. And this is where it's like, this is where the most vampire activity is because there's a bunch of boxes and crates and, and coffins. So this is kind of like, I'm guessing where they were, where their coffins were delivered to because they can't travel in daylight. And I'm thinking the whole Dracula thing with the, with the boat and that they were delivered to, this is where they were like staying or resting while the partying went was going on. That's maybe my mind putting together, but I think that's what this part of the story is. Mm. So of course there's all kinds of hidden vampire because there's lots of boxes and tables and whatnot. So more hidden vampires uh, to jump out and whatnot. And then we get to the exit and this is about the only thing that harkens back to the classic castle vampire is that on the way out, there's a bungee character so another flying character this one's more of a human bat instead of just a vampire or a human slash bat but but there was they did kind of really highlight i don't know if they introduced but they did really highlight the bungee character the flying character in castle vampire so we have that again but the rest of it not so much living up to the legacy in my opinion yeah I, yeah they, they were definitely going for something totally different here yep I kind of call it the Highlander 2 of the vampire story. Oh, it's like it's got the name. It's got the characters. It's got a lot of cool stuff here and there, but it really doesn't have much to do with the first one. Really? That's not that's terrible, man. I mean, at least this had hot chicks. Well, I didn't mean it was. I said in in concept, I'm not comparing stories. No, but even in concept, I mean, if you're going Highlander 2, that's really bad. All right. Maybe that's a little extreme. It is a lot extreme. Okay, I'm sorry. But Michael Ironside was an Highlander, too. I know, and that I, I still, <laughs> to this very day, that's one of the reasons that my brain cannot come to a decision on Highlander, too. <laughs> it's like, there can be only one, is what I just default to yeah. and then stop. There's the Highlander movie, and then there's that Michael Ironside movie. And he was good in it. He was. He, like, I mean, he chewed scenery, but he was chewing it really well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, I digress. I can't imagine when we started this, I'd ever bring up Highlander 2 in one of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> or Michael Ironside. Actually, you know what? Now I say that, I'm actually surprised with all the things Michael Ironside has done, we haven't had some kind of property featured with him. What's up with I'm that? Su- I'm surprised that I can't think of anything horror that he's done. Was he in Scanners? That's might... not horror. Yeah, it's not, but it's it's a thriller. But I was thinking the head exploding, the, the, the creative team must want to try to do that. Yeah, and he he was the one sitting beside the head exploding. Yeah. Um, he yeah. was also in, in V. Oh, there you go. And, that, and so was Robert Englund. And you could do V. Oh, yeah, Robert. Oh, geez. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's way off topic. <laughs> we, we, you know what we need to do? We need to do a podcast that is Michael Ironside in character. Yeah, right. Oh, and I, just just discuss every one of his characters in every fucking movie. <laughs> well, it's always the same character, but it's fucking Michael Ironside. <laughs> I love that man. <laughs> so, Castle Vampire. No, <laughs> no, the other one, Vampire Bloodbath. Bloodbath. Rutger Hauer. I mean, uh, <laughs> Michael Ironside. I mean, uh, shit. I had, so anything else for Vampire Bloodbath? No, that's it. I mean, I, I think if, if I didn't mention it, I alluded to it. It's 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 generally a disappointment because the name conjured up different expectations. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know that it necessarily gets the reputation of being as bad as it is. I think it's uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is that bad. I mean, I, I don't remember everything from to that to the smallest detail, but I, I think there's a little bit of a of a stigma. I think there's a little bit of um, the disappointment behind the reviews of how bad it is. Yeah, and uh, when I initially said that this one was this one kind of didn't fit in, uh, it's still. What they did with it still doesn't fit in, but the castle vampire part of it, like like using the vampire part of it, would have fit in. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yep, yep. It took me a second to get around my head around that, but I see what you're saying. Like, I don't think this fit in at all with the whole uh, Jack's Carnival of Carnival. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And really, the ne- the next couple we're talking about don't really either. But but this one could have if they had taken the right parts of Castle Vampire. Okay, all right. Because, yep. you know, vampires are fucking scary as shit, right? If you would have taken a really serious vampire maze, that would have fit in with, with Jack's Carnival of Carnage, right? right. It's a very classic mo- monster type. It's mm-hmm. an uh, original IP that they have. It was a very successful maze that they originally had. So it all could have worked out really well. It just didn't. Yeah, they could have even worked with it on the lore because it was like i forget what the years were it's like every x amount of years let's say it's like every 13 years that the vampires mm-hmm. came to castle vampire for this for this party i mean jack could have pulled from that time that, that that's one thing he had he had pulled from the dream world he pulled from the sur- supernatural he pulled from the real world he could have pulled from from the past as well and pulled right, right. from there i mean yeah that would have fit in perfectly with all the others if you if you were accepting how he got the three uh, had a main headliners in, then that would not have been a stretch for anyone's imagination. Exactly. That that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, gotcha. So we both Badly. said the same thing. In twice. A very long <laughs> way. Long story short, Castle Vampire. No, I did it again. It's the other one. It's a fucking Vampire <laughs> Bloodbath. Maybe we should just move on. We should at this point. Yep. Okay. To something that I could see actually happening in Florida. That someone. Biohazard being released, and yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> some sort of creature. <laughs> it's the the thing assimilation in a in a sprung tent. Yep. Well, here's here's something worth mentioning, and it we we talked a lot already about Freddie, Jason, Leatherface, and those three sets of movies. Those aren't the only branded IPs in Halloween Horror Nights. Here's one right here. This is this is from. John Carpenter's a thing. And this is another one that works very well with Jack's theory or, or Jack's uh, idea, right? Yeah. Where he's pulling things from all over the place. Well, why not just go down and pull something from Antarctica and this throw is, it into Florida? This is just, yeah, this could be just plain old Jack wreaking havoc. This doesn't exactly. have anything to do with any special powers. This is just Jack being Jack. Yeah. And the story is that it, it is, it has been brought to Orlando. It's that this biohazard that Karen just set up has been brought into Orlando and it's been released in a research facility and it starts assimilating everything it comes in contact with. And here's the real question that I have. Why would you need to bring a biohazard into Florida? I mean, aren't there enough of them in their citizens already there? (laughs) I have no defense. Okay. Just like, I mean, it wouldn't even take mutating anything. You would just have to like go read the news stories from the last year, pick all of, pick those people, the ones that survived, obviously, pick all of those people and throw them in. 
Voila. Read the stories from last week. Oh, jeez. I, I, I swear to God, I'm at the point where it's like I read a headline in a trending uh, blurb and I go, please don't be Florida. Please don't be Florida. Please. Don't be Florida. God <laughs> damn it. It's Florida again. I was going to just say, did you hear the one about, but one, you heard it too. It doesn't matter because by the time this come out, comes out, seven other things are going to happen. So I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> oh, Florida. Yeah. So anyway, back to the thing. They said they. this was a great, like simple, but recognizable and set the stage entryway. You entered through a one of those big, clear uh, hazmat tents with like hazmat suits hanging like that. The clean room, like a, yeah. like a portable clean room. And then you went from that clean room into one of those collapsible plastic tunnels to, into a sterile cool. environment. I was like, that is just like it's something that's everyone recognizes, you know, what that is in relation to and you know kind of what you're entering into just but they didn't have to make it up it's like they had to buy it this is like just a simple but yet extremely effective start to this maze Mm -hmm. definitely so once you get inside this is a it's even though it's a it's a research lab this this was always a very sci-fi thing to me this this particular maze because it had a really like cool looking feel it had like the the really bright white panel angled panels in the hallways all the lights were like in these different rows and sometimes they were they were going off in sequence and there was the monitors everywhere whether they're doing something useful or not and there was things behind glass this was really really cool i mean i, I really I, i'm a huge sci-fi fan uh, i guess this movie is sci-fi horror if you want to classify yeah. it and they did a yeah. great great job putting this just the first room you went into I thought was freaking awesome because you kind of start out. Uh, I'll tell you now, it's not going to really ruin anything. You start out fine and then it ends in chaos. So you 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 start off nice and clean and sterile and everything's fine. And it's just the first room. It's just so cool. It's like I would love to build something like that. Just just that room. It just was so neat. Very futuristic, but sci-fi and not cheese. That's the thing. Not cheesy. Not you know Halloween store bought. Um. Vacuum right. molded molded panels. They may have been, but then they were painted and done with whatever with them, make them look just really cool. Nice. That that's like the first real calm to the storm because after that, there's there's sirens blaring uh, behind the gl- a glass hall. You see, uh, there's a short corridor. There's a military man firing and shooting, but you can't see what he's shooting at. But as he's firing uh, and he turns his back, something reaches out and pushes him away or pulls him away. And of course he screams. So another great, uh, not show everything, but just set the stage for mm-hmm. this And it's a thing. It's not even, I can't really defy it as a hand or something. It's just something grabs him. Right. And if you've seen the thing, you make, it makes more sense. Actually, yeah, I yeah. realize I'm using the word. It's a thing. And we're talking about the thing, but that's, <laughs> that's how it's good my almost, vocabulary is. It's almost tentacle. Sort of. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. By Bi- definitely like a biome. It's a biomass. With recognizable yeah. parts. Yeah. So um, from there, we walk through uh, some glass cases, and there's some, like, there's people frozen that are partially assimilated, like they were grabbed Ooh. and frozen. But yeah, very, very good makeup. Um, one of them is not quite frozen, cry- completely cryogenically frozen, because he can, he'll s- scares the hell out of you as he reaches for the glass and his eyes open. That was a yeah. good scare, I thought. Yeah. Um, that would freak me out. <laughs> Sounds like a cool. Sc- I mean, that's just one of those statue type scares. Yeah, right? sir, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. I mean, it's just, they took that to to a completely new extreme, and it's just 
Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Um, last case of the last that you get into is actually broken, and the uh, you, what's the only thing that's left is like some blood and a little bit of tissue and sinew on there. So there's there's whatever was in there has broken out, and that's, and yeah, it's one of those cases where <laughs> that it, it's the absence of something that's more creepy than anything that they could have put in there. Well, as you turn eh. before you actually leave that room, I think we're, this is what we're, what broke out because there is a, uh, I guess a victim there that has this huge, like, well, like you're saying like tentacle, but just this blood and sinew and veins just, is just pulled from his chest, attached to his chest and pulling into the ceiling. And he's, okay. he's shaking and withering and screaming. So no. he's in the midst of assimilation. So either either broke out or was broken out to be assimilated. I'm not sure which is which. I think that's a detail that can best left go unanswered. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you really want a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> Just so that you can get some of the other bits extra crispy. Yeah. <laughs> so this cool the cool sleek paneling, anything I talked about, we're starting to get a little uh, we're seeing some damage, some tears, some rips, some even some burns. There's some some wires hanging here and there. The ducts in the ceilings have broken free. Some of the lights are out. Some are flickering. And the more, the deeper we get in, the more the biomass is starting to spread and show up on the walls and the corners and whatnot. And and people are popping in and out, screaming as they are being assimilated by the thing. So it's like very quickly gone downhill. And we've we've seen them do this kind of thing in the past. Yeah, I mean, yep. uh, you you walk into. I, I mean, I just remember. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Predator, Alien versus Predator, yeah. right? You walked into a pretty pristine starship at first, and, yeah, right, and yeah. then it started getting worse. I mean, it had a big jagged hole cut into it, <laughs> but it was pretty pristine in the beginning, and then it just deteriorated further and further as you've walked that along. one was cool because you kind of walked into first you walked into the kind of the bloodbath of the predators killing the crew and then you kind of went into the uh firefight between the marines uh aliens and the predators and then you went into the predators that have t- taken it over and made the like the cocoon type mm-hmm. things to the wall so yeah you're you're right it's same, yeah, it's same that, and it's that progression thing right it's like it's it's a lot of the same set pieces or set type types of set pieces but they get the the progression of just the sets alone is enough to to get the hairs on the back of your neck going and then with everything else that's going on it's just crazy yep love um, them i love those types of i mazes. do too yeah yeah it's just yeah you just see the it see the just the the disintegration of it is is yeah. great and that's got to be a designer's uh, that's got to be a great design uh, great thing for a designer instead of uh, not instead of but like sometimes you have to recreate rooms and go room to room and you're in the same thing this you just yeah you get to go from being to end and just destroy it in your imagination that must be a lot of fun and a challenge probably in some cases definitely a challenge yeah. in yep. some cases so from out of that kind of the lab ish area we're, we're back we're, we're going into uh kind of the 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 Hmm, I, I, like the rec room, the common room, the, the the not the living quarters. We never got quite get to the living quarters, but we get to like the kind of the the mess hall and that type thing. And there's there's soldiers that are that have built up the uh, have piled up the vending machines and the pool tables and are hiding behind it. And they're they're screaming, they're scared out of their mind. Again, it's 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 we're, we're being led into. We haven't seen what they've seen yet, but we know that they're scared to death of something. And once we get clear into the room, there is a huge huge piece of this biomass on the entire wall like the entire assimilated mass 
and at the top of it is like at, uh, it's a human head it's mostly a face it's like three quarters of face of a face but on the side is like an animal jaw as best i can describe yeah. it but it's not it's just it's just nasty it's a it's an animal's based on their jaws it's the top and in front of their snout but the teeth aren't any animal you've seen in this jaw and it's coming out of that side of this thing's freaking head it's just uh, and and they kind of give you a hint of what the uh, some, what where that's coming from because part of the uh assimilation of this biomass is a dog head a skin sinew and vein thing dog head that is barking and snarling at you so it's obviously a puppet that someone's working behind it but oh. still yeah it's like oh yeah it's just integrated into the mass, but it's oh, it's the only moving the, the the only the most moving part on this, I should say, and just uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I every time you bring up puppets, I used to always think, oh, puppets, Ken. And this Halloween Horror Nights was the first time I really realized how really freaky puppets could be. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and how accurate and how good puppet puppeteering is these days. Like. Mm. I mean, it's we're not talking your marionettes here anymore. No. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, last year had a great puppet this year or, or um, this, what you're talking about. I can only imagine how, how cool it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so from out of this room, we, we get into like the warehouse area. And this is the finale of, of this maze. And there's the UFO from the movie hanging from the ceiling. And I think at least part of it, because I remember it being like freaking massive in the movie. It was like in the Antarctic. It's like they were standing. There's a long shot of it to get it all in shot. So I think it was like must have been part of it. There's a stack of crates that lead up to the top of it. There's an alien on top of the crate near the UFO, and the soldiers are shooting at it. And as we're moved uh, from the warehouse, it's that it is into the final. We move out of that battle area of the alien into the final room, and the final room is is the thing. It is all. Oh, this skin and tentacles and limbs and blood vessels and everything is reaching for you as you as you mean the entire room yes Uh the finale room it is just it is the thing it's just it is Uh yeah Uh, you just walk into a room surrounded by the thing the thing yep yeah that's kind of (laughs) gross Anything else for the thing? No, that's than that's a, it. Than an entire wall of or or entire room of meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've room. never seen saws and steam, Karen. Oh, yeah, that's an entire we'll about, that's an entire maze of meat. No, oh, we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah. one in a few yeah. years. <laughs> wow. No, that is it. I mean, this one was this was this was cool. I mean, I've done. Not, I'm a John Carpenter fan. I mean, I've I've seen most of his classic work. I mean, I've obviously the Halloween stuff, the thing, um, plus the, the one, I, yeah, of course, Escape from New York. I've even seen Escape from L.A. What the hell's the one with Roddy Piper? That's the name I was start struggling on. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Um, shit. We're all gonna kick ourselves. I know. Uh, they live. They live. They that's live. It. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, he's done. He's done, of course, more than those, and I've seen some probably, but I can't think off the top of my head. But I mean, I, I like. Yeah, and I, I mean, have to say, his most his most underrated is Escape from Mars. I've never seen that. Or, one. or <laughs> is it Escape from Mars? It's the Martian when he did. It was fantastic. It was so much fun. It's got Ice Cube, Ice Cube, I think, and um, uh, Natasha Hendridge and. Uh, Pam Greer is in it for Go- a bit. Ghost of Mars? Ghost of Mars, that's the one. Okay. 
uh, don't look for anything highbrow. I mean, this is classic <laughs> carpentry stuff, right? But it's, I love that one. I, I watch that one every six months. It's, and it's good horror. It's good scares and just great monster movies. This is a hell of a cast. Yeah. Natasha Hendricks, Ice Cube, Jason Statham, Pam yeah. Greer. I got to see that. I did not see this one. Oh, it's, it's great. And okay. a funny story actually with this one. Um, this was the year of Mars movies. It was like uh, Mission to Mars. Um, was the, that uh, the Gary Sinise one? I always think. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, it was that was the There's one. A Val Kilmer one too, which I can't think of any of. We're really it, uh, Red, Red Planet. Planet. Red Planet. Okay, I, there you go. I love Red Planet. I think it's a fantastic <laughs> movie. I watched that one a lot too. But this was the one that I didn't get to see in the theaters. Um, for some reason, it was my wife's fault that I didn't get to see it in the theaters. And we wanted to go, we wanted to go. And then the day that I wanted to go, she was either like, I don't want to go to see a movie or whatever. So I didn't get to see it in the theaters. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll buy it for you when it comes out. And she bought it for me. And she's like, I am so happy I didn't go to the theater to see this movie. <laughs> it's, yeah. And she's like out of the room. And I'm like, I'm so sad. I missed this in the theaters. This is awesome. So. Worked out for her, not so much. Yeah, to say our wives, when, and when it comes to movie taste, and especially in this type of genre, genres, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lost cause for us or them. Yeah. Depends who you look at. It's it was my favorite horror movie until uh, until the Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> because that's just damn. All right, should we go on to the next? Yeah, let's move on to the next creepy. I want to say crawly thing, but they're not crawly. Um, <laughs> Dead Silence, The Curse of Mary Shaw. Yeah, and another branded IP featured this yeah. year. Now, Granite does not have the gravitas of Freddy <laughs> Jason and no. Leatherface. That's another word I never expected to use in this podcast. Mm. I couldn't think and, of even, word. and even this really works with the, the Jack theme, right? Or he's pulling different things. I mean... Why not creepy toys, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, I yeah. don't know this. I didn't even see this movie. I'd Neither did I. This one, so. And, and I mean, this like, one's a little stretch. Go ahead, Karen. Well, it pulls from the paranormal. That's true. Yep. Okay. It's kind of what Jack, along Jack sure. and Jason. He absolutely is, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I'll give you that, yep. So I, I mean, the thing is, once they figured that figured out this, the, the tactic for Jack, Mm-hmm. It left it open for a lot of things, right? I mean, the thing totally yeah. worked with it. I think this works with it well, too. Uh, Vampire, not so much. But, yeah, most of them work with it. Yep. All right. Well, okay. Let's go through the maze, and I'll apologize to anyone that does know this movie well. I might get some character names and items wrong. I just don't know the movie, so... Um, it starts off with uh, we're out. It starts off with a nice outside, a really well done outside scene. I should say, not nice because everything's scary and all are nice, but a well done outside scene. Well, There's, we've seen some nice outside. I guess so. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in twenty five. Yeah. yeah, Shady Brook was very nice and peaceful outside. Yeah, yeah. gorgeous. And, and Insidious was. Yeah, that's true too. Well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good point. All right. And, uh, and the the opening for the house in uh uh with that that had the two girls skipping in front of it. It's Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street. That whole facade was really, really well done and, and not that creepy unless you looked at the two little girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With no eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, it's funny. Not, not just no eyes, but the very first time I went through it, when I went opening night, they didn't have a jump rope. 
It's no. like something was wrong with their prop or something or something because they were they were doing the the motions but they had no rope. It was very weird. How do you forget a jump rope? Well, I don't think they forgot it. I'm just guessing that when they had something it was like it was like too light or something, you know what oh, I mean? It's yeah. like the prop okay, wasn't wasn't yeah. yeah, it wasn't proper. But that's even more creepy, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is actually. Yeah. It's like, "Oh yeah, our jump rope, that's in the real world. Yep. You're not there anymore." Yeah. You don't see where we're skipping the rope. <laughs> yeah. So this outside scene, it was a picket fence outside a cemetery, and it was a cemetery where Mary Shaw was buried. And Quinn would have liked this because I remember it being very cold, or at least the, the air conditioned enough, and then with the facade being what it was, giving you the sense of cold. Probably a little more of a mental aspect than how cold it was, but it was very good. Hmm. And yeah, I always like those effects. Yeah, me too. Yep, yep. And there was a detective, and I had to look this up. His name was Detective Lipton. He was searching with a flashlight and asking people if they knew about Mary Shaw. So he may have actually been trying to tell us some of the story to get us ready because people like me hadn't seen the movie. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what he was there for. So from there, we go into the building, which is actually a funeral home. And there's a coffin. And it was Mary Shaw's coffin. It's fallen over. And Mary Shaw's actual body is on the floor. Now, the ghost or the spirit or whatever it is in the story of Mary Shaw is also in the room as a character and she bursts through the curtains now and again um much like the uh mrs i can't think of her name from insidious came out of the burst out of the mm-hmm. closet yeah, in that, that kids playroom yeah that was good yep um now we from there we move on to uh the attic and this is a room for mary shaw's victim so first thing we pass through is a bunch of newspaper clippings about the mary shaw murders we pass some mason jars with some body pieces, and we have some victims' characters. So even though I don't know what's going on here, it's still a pretty cool and creepy house. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, now, this is where we've passed by um, Mary Shaw's boxes of her dolls. I guess she had a doll collection. Again, I don't know the story, but I do know she had a goddamn ventriloquist dummy. And I almost have the same thing for ventriloquist dummies that Quinn has for clowns. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's deep rooted as Quince, but I the old ventriloquist dummies like the Jeff uh, what's his name uh, Jeff Dunham Jeff Dunham ones no those are fine those are puppets uh-huh. I'm talking about like the the old ones with the mouth that uh, the lines on its oh <laughs> I hate those damn things <laughs> like, I know what duty. you're getting for Christmas yeah how <laughs> how do duty can just go to hell <laughs> <laughs> oh how much. I'm looking this up on Amazon right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember we were doing the Unmasking the Horror tour and um, the our, the one Quinn and I did. And we're, what the house? What house was it? I don't remember what what maze it was, but he had to point out the reference to War of the Worlds with the old radio, which was awesome. But then I had to point out the reference to Charlie McCarthy, which was the <laughs> show that was playing opposite of War of the Worlds. With his point out the damn ventriloquist dummy on the shelf that I hadn't fucking seen all the times I've been through that maze and now I couldn't help but notice every time I went through so thank you Manny for that yes M- Manny was awesome <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. <laughs> so past the evil Holy evil ventriloquist shit. dummy what ventriloquist dummies are expensive yeah see you don't I don't want you to have to do that oh wait no 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 <laughs> only some of them are expensive alright so from there we went this is this is cool there's some really cool elements to this house that we're about to talk about. From there, we were we entered into we we left the house attic or into the backstage of a theater, and, and it's 
recognizable by the wood struts, the ropes, some dingy, nasty backstage curtains. And we move on to something really cool. This You go onto a catwalk, and around it is built a mirror effect, so it looks like we're on a catwalk way above the actual theater itself, the seats and the stage and everything. Huh. So after moving along a little bit and you have the sense of height in your head, they shake the catwalk. Oh, good. Oh, God. Yeah, that so is you, cool. How many people have a fear of heights? Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So even though, I mean, everything is ground level, they let you get used to the idea that you're way up in the air, and then they freaking almost pull the, 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 the I say rug out from under you, but they pulled, almost pulled the catwalk out from under you. That is, Jesus. that was awesome. That's a good scare. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. real Definitely good. Definitely a good scare. So from there, after we cross the catwalk, we go through a, hall, a hallway of a bunch of lenticular uh, portraits, you know, where you see what they look like, and then you see their all their massacred faces. I'm thinking these must were supposed to be the, her victims, again, not knowing the story I don't know. And, of course, we come across a, uh, you son of a, <laughs> <laughs> Quint just texted me a text of a uh-huh. was dummy, I'm going to delete, and another, what is it, don't know, don't, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to this. You go past a, uh, a a hallway of lenticular portraits, and of course, one of them is not a portrait; it's a character waiting to scare the hell out of you. So, no, that's always effective too. We've seen that before, and probably we'll see it again. Yeah. So, uh, from there, you starting to exit the maze, and first by you're, you're exiting the theater, you go through some drape curtains. Um, this is there. This this one's for for Quinn. As you go past the drape curtains there's actually a jack-in-a-box tune that you Mm. hear and when the pop for the pop goes a weasel part comes through there is a huge huge i think life-sized clown that pops out above your head and it's a it's a puppet because the way the way it moved it was not human (laughs) and it was a knife wielding but it was a puppet it popped out over your head and then shot back down and music started again jesus christ (laughs) yeah clowns and (laughs) ventriloquist dummies this is the one we're never needless to say it's not on our way back machine for either of us. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Between Matt and I, this one is not going to happen. <laughs> uh, then from there, we go into Mary Shaw's dressing room and that's your uh, last chance to have an encounter with her. And then you exit. So that is that the dead silence house again, no idea if it serves the movie well, cause I've never seen it and probably won't. It's sound. I mean, <laughs> Not knowing the movie, it sounds like a pre- pretty interesting maze anyway. Yeah, it had some cool elements. The uh, I'd love the catwalk. Well, one with the just the height yeah. thing is one thing, and then yeah. they put the shaking on there is just amps it up another notch. Yeah, and the Jack in the Box clown is just yeah. <laughs> right. Next maze on the list we have is Psychoscarapy Home for the Holidays. Yes. It sounds like an uplifting, lovely maze. This is oh, this is just this is. Matt's told me about this one, and this one, I've been looking forward to hearing about this one. All right. Well, let's, here we go. First and foremost, obviously, the psychoscarapy lineage continues. Another installment to the story. So, in this installment, the image, the the inmates got out and took over the house in a nearby neighborhood to celebrate the holidays in their own special way, let's say. So this is in a soundstage. It's in soundstage 23. So it's cold again. We start outside and the entrance, it's a nicely decorated house for Christmas. There's some upbeat Christmas music playing and a nice smoldering Shady Brook Institute van crashed into the corner of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. 
Yeah, that's just that brings back the the scare zone from last year. Yeah, yeah, with the, yeah. the crashed bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. And, yep. and the creepiest character was just the guy that just kept repeatedly banging his head into the door of the bus. <laughs> yeah, that guy was good. That was he was really good. <laughs> so we enter the house and things just turn worse, like instantly. The living room is completely ransacked and bloodstained. There's blood everywhere. House is torn apart, and it's a wonderful life is playing on TV. nice so um the first set of characters we see actually this this may be in the room but the idea was i did like the idea of it being ransacked without tv but the the first one is one of the inmates in a stolen nurse's uniform and is tying up and and torturing one of the family members in like the the big easy chair that you would be sitting in front of the tv watching it's a wonderful life in yep out of the living room we move into the kitchen and the Christmas feast is being prepared by a couple of inmates. And one of the main dishes is one of the other family members. Just going to say, who is the hey, feast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From there, we move into the dining room and dinner is served. And in this dining room, there is just many, many, many corners and furniture for characters to hide in. And they're just, they are jumping out in and they're, they're diving at the table. There's body parts on the, on there of course and there's just all kinds of just nastiness and characters jumping in and out there's the the one guy that jumped out the most of me was his face was i think was painted white and he was holding a rubber chicken screaming turkey 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 (laughs) (laughs) oh snorted big guy big bald guy too in like a uh like the hospital (laughs) gown or the whatever the inmates were that would be yeah like the there wasn't a gown but it was the it was i guess it's scrubs yeah. I guess they would, okay. can wear scrubs as well. You know what I'm talking about. Just like all one color and just there's probably blood on it. Maybe it's gravy. Might have been gravy. <laughs> it sounds a lot like the um, Thanksgiving room in yeah. HR. You know, in fact, I had a kind of a deja vu as far as the layout of it. As I, So I think it was kind of the same design for the character part, at least. Yeah, because the, the Thanksgiving room in HR Blood and Guts had a ton of characters. Yeah. And they were they were just like you, they hid everywhere. Yeah. And it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> yep. From there, we go outside, and this is actually kind of where it gets pretty cool. So we go past a fence that's lined with Christmas lights and garland. We got this get, keeping the Christmas theme going, or the, the, the idea going. We pass an inmate building a snowman, uh, and it's pretty good, including the, the human head that he uses oh. as the head. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And the blood that's just dripping down the snowman from the head. And it's, but it's very, I mean, it's very well done. It's very Americana. He put the period scarf on it, a nice period top hat. <laughs> well thought, really well thought out snowman. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the, the top hat finally fits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yeah. was awesome. That's that's pretty damn good. I yeah. don't remember. It's either I don't remember or I didn't see it. I don't remember if it was a character's head poking through that interacted. I don't think it was. I think it was a dummy head. That would have been, I don't know. Yeah. That may have been a little too supernatural for Psycho Scarify. Because Psycho Scarify, until you got the body collectors involved, is pretty down to earth. That didn't sound right coming out of my mouth. <laughs> it's pretty rooted in the real world, let's say. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's funny how talking about Halloween Horror Nights just—I <laughs> know, right? The, it makes a lot of other things seem so normal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we get out of the yard and we go into the garage, and this is where the uh, 
inmates God. are digging up some new decor more decorations they want to they want to decorate some more and they they've started and they've incorporated some of the family into the decor including one of the family members that's wrapped up in sheets and lights and hanging upside down and wiggling and screaming mm. but uh they also pulled out some easter decorations from storage in the garage i thought <laughs> oh. that was a nice touch too well, that's good yeah and when they really wanted to go all out so no power tools no no power tools yeah <laughs> Uh, okay, that's where I thought you were going when you said they were they were going into the garage. Oh no, yeah, that's that would have been yeah, yeah. I could see where you're going with that. That's not the route that route they went though. Uh, we from there we're in the front yard now, and they had the, a bunch of those big inflatable yard decorations. Uh, one I remember one was like a penguin with a Christmas hat. Another was just a big present. This is just another. We'd said it before in another maze we talked about. It's just their try and true, tried and true scare room it's just places for characters to hide out and jump out of from all different directions always works and this just kept with the christmas the holiday theme for this for this house for this maze so bad but we go back into the house at this point we're into the family room and the inmates have decorated a little bit you know they had some some um uh lights and garland and blood and tissue and Oh, intestines blood is red. Yeah, exactly. Christmas. Um, right. I mean, a- intestines work really well. Like, like you know, tinsel loops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh, there's, there's kind of a, a pretty bright-eyed inmate girl sitting on Santa's lap. Just his lap. <laughs> the rest of him's gone. <laughs> Spine sticking out and up in the whole nine yards. I was just going to say, wait, Chris isn't on this podcast. You don't have to specify that, but you do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's only Santa's lap that she's sitting on. Yeah. <laughs> so, only. Uh, just before you leave, there's an inmate in a in the rest of the Santa costume. So he has everything but the pants. And he, <laughs> he jumps out of the closet with a chainsaw. Oh, good. And you have to imagine that's how he got uh, everything but the pants was with the chainsaw. And that was the finale. Santa's lap and the chainsaw and the pantless Santa. And we did get to see the pantless Santa again. He was in the cooler in the uh, meets meets cooler in the um, 25 Mm -hmm. house. So I love this vase. This is one of my all time favorites. That one sounds like fun. Yeah. This sounds like a ton of fun. And you told me about this one. I don't know. You've told me about this one like two or three times. And every time it's like, God damn it. That sounds like so much fun. It uh, is. Just, That's the thing. It's it's fun. It's like it's such a simple idea. You put it, it, inmates the the inmates you created the lineage of inmates you created set loose on a neighborhood and celebrate Christmas their way, and then you just go from there. It's yep. it's it's it was awesome. I I absolutely loved. It. I think this was the turning point for me. I said this event was the turning point for me, and I think this mm-hmm. house is what made the turning point for me going to yeah i'll go see the branded stuff i have absolutely no problem seeing the branded stuff but i want to see the original stuff and i think it started with this maze or at least solidified with this maze it definitely started with body collectors and terra quintas and 15 but this was the one that made me turn completely from it tipped the scales let's say for me yeah it didn't take long for me to to get those same scales tipped where it was like yeah, you know, the branded IPs, they're fun. They're cool. I see where you're drawing all sorts of people, but when they have carte blanche to do whatever they want and they have their own IP, I like those better. Yeah. If they do it well, I love them better. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I go back to Forsaken and Roanoke and like there's a whole bunch that are all the highlights of my experience going to Halloween Horror Nights and almost none of them are branded IP. Mm. 
Yeah. Yep. They, their their original stuff is fantastic. It's great. Yep. That is it for for psychoscarpy. And I think that is where we can break for this part one because we are well, well within <laughs> past yeah. past our usual time at this point. This has been fun. Yep. I mean, just hearing about yeah. just half this the the mazes so far has been fun. That's half this, the maze. Yeah. This yeah. sounds like it was like a banner year. Yeah, it does. You know, they're not celebrating any any milestone or anything, but this sounds like this was one of the years where it was just like uh, it's it's a 25 type of year where it's like everything they did, they hit and everything is just done so well that you're never never not doing this again. This is I consider this hitting another upswing not that it was on a downswing but it's always been like it's always been getting progressively better but i think it hits an up starts with a new upswing with this and keeps going for a while and then i wouldn't say plateaus it just keeps going but then we hit 25 and we hit another upswing this is like this is that era's 25 this starts yeah. a, a, just a, a another huge huge shift in not shift but just a huge progression in some really awesome things yeah that, that's kind of what i was i was meaning as well so yeah this is uh, this is one of my favorite years and we're only halfway through talking about it so yeah we're gonna wrap that up for part one part two we're gonna get into the four next four mazes and i kind of asked karen to go in that order on purpose because next we're gonna get into kind of the 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 faces of halloween heart Night 17 it's gonna be jack freddie jason and leatherface so that'll be in part two so we do have the date that we're all going and we're probably gonna Try to arrange some kind of meetup, maybe before and maybe also during. We just haven't figured that uh, that part out yet. But we are all going together Friday, October 14th. We may be doing it again that Sunday. I know Karen will definitely be there that Sunday. <laughs> She's already decided. But for sure, absolutely, positively, we'll all be there the 14th. I'll be there multiple nights. Um, and I'll just post on Twitter and Facebook uh, when I'm there. But as far as the three of us being there, if you want to stop and say hi, if you're one of the people we talked to on our call-in show, and thanks again to everyone that called in. And actually, we, we have to do it again because I think just as many people that called in have now messaged on Facebook, Twitter, or email saying that they wish they had, but they were busy doing something else, be it work or something else planned. So I think we actually have to do this. We, we were talking about doing it again. I think we absolutely have to do it again. Yeah, for sure. Yep, Because that was a lot of fun and a lot of people oh, missed out on yeah, calling. We, yeah, yeah. We talked to a bunch of really, really awesome people. Yeah, we heard yeah, some. We I got some awesome tips and heard some awesome history too. Yeah. yeah. So if you haven't yeah. heard that yet, go back and listen. It was the episode before this, so it's 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 the only one that has the word "calling" in the title, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. Now that I think about it. <laughs> so anyway, back to um, when we get some details of a meetup, we'll probably post it on the on the um, website itself, but we'll actually obviously share it on Twitter, Facebook, and well, just just those two but it is i can at least tell you the date it's october 14th three of us will be there we got tickets we got our uh admission tickets our express path tickets and our repository tickets mm-hmm. we're going to be doing the vr and i actually scheduled that for the middle of our night just to kind of i didn't really want to start or end with that because it was so new so i yeah. scheduled it for pretty much the middle of the night yep that's going to be interesting i'm really curious about that I am too. And, you know, they've said it can take up to two hours. Yeah. That's a, that's a long yeah. time for me to be pissing my pants. <laughs> you're supposed to be <laughs> half hour. Of that is you're supposed to check in a half hour before your time. So still, but still 90 minutes. That's a long 90 time. 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah. 90 minutes. I mean, 
I, I don't know if I've got a stack of Depends that <laughs> will take me through 90 minutes. Jesus. Yeah. So we'll be there. Um, obviously looking forward to it. It's Christ. It's less than a month. It's a uh, less than a month away at this point. It is. It's well less than a month. What is it? The 20 something we're recording 28th. Wow. It's like yeah, but weeks this is away. August, dude. Yeah. We're still in August. So it's no, I'm it's, talking the opening of Halloween Heart Night. September. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm oh, here no. and I have my ultimate express pass. I don't, I'm not talking about going with oh. you guys. And I got plane tickets. For, I got plane <laughs> yeah. tickets for mine, yeah. so I will be there opening night as yeah. well. So, so you're pretty much stuck, Karen. You're stuck waiting in October. <laughs> I'll just come with a doll and a clown and pay it back. <laughs> hey, shit, she's gonna have a ventriloquist doll that is in the form of a clown. There you go. You might want to rethink that idea because I do have physical possession of your tickets. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> that was. That was <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to break that pause. So, so anyway, uh, yes, I would look for details on that. Uh, we will certainly announce it, but that that is the date. Um, yeah, that is all we got. Actually, uh, well, no, it's, it's long enough. We won't even get into instant reactions. We did miss an instant reaction. We know everything that's going on for Halloween Horror Nights now, so there's going to be no more instant reaction episodes. But if things work out, we should have a couple specials between now and then. So time will tell on that, hopefully sooner than later, because that's almost less than a month away, like we just said. So anyway, but until any of those episodes come out, and, and until we, sh- we should have a full episode of you and I rubbing it into Karen that we've already been, right? Oh, before the 14th. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I'm that's talking about before. I'm talking about between now and opening, but yeah, oh, okay. we'll definitely have that. All right. Have that. So, um, but yeah, uh, until any specials that come up or part two of carnival of carnage i'll say once again thanks for listening and we will see you in that next episode thank you for listening to the catacombs of halloween horror nights podcast the catacombs of halloween horror nights is a news as internet entertainment production for more great podcasts and original entertainment visit our website at newsaz.com. the catacombs of halloween horror nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by universal studios florida All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash newsazpodcast, and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 